morning, church. Good morning and Merry Christmas. So glad all of you are here today. I'm pretty sure if you come to church on December 26th, you get to go to heaven. So uh, thank you for being here today. No, I really am. I really am grateful that we get to gather today. Um, uh, you know, December 26th is one of those weird Sundays, right? Uh, Christmas is over, but if, you're, if your family is anything like our family, it's not, it's not really over yet. You know, later today we're going to hit the road and we're going to go see grandparents. And the kids are excited because even though we've opened presents, there's still more presents to open. Christmas is over, but it's not really over. We're kind of living in this weird, you know, in-between moment right here. And that's, that's part of the fun of, of this season. But I think all of us know that it's also one of the difficulties of life, right? Like how do you, how do you live in these in-between moments in life? What happens when you're living life in the middle? And especially, you know, we've been talking about this for the past few weeks. When you think about it in terms of peace and the peace on earth that, that Jesus came to give, how do we live in that kind of peace in this in-between? All of us know, whether you're a follower of Jesus or if you're not sure what you think about the guy, all of us know what it's like to live life in the middle. If you're a follower of Jesus, we live in this tension every day because we're living in that in-between time when Jesus came and he was born in a manger in the day that we believe he will come again and take us all home. But how do you live, how do you live with peace when you're living life in the in-between? I don't know about your family, but our family has lots of traditions at Christmas, holiday traditions. One of those is our family enjoys doing a, a Christmas puzzle, a holiday puzzle during the holiday break. I say our family enjoys doing this. The truth is Alicia loves it. Uh, my kids enjoy it. I, I don't like it at all. Um, how many of you are puzzle people? Yeah, the rest of you, I'm with you. Um, I don't understand the allure of, of staring at a bunch of pieces that someone cut up on purpose to put together a picture that I can already see on the box. I don't get it. But it's a family tradition, and although I don't probably participate as much as I should, we, we, you know, we enjoy it. One of the things that happened, though, this year as we were putting together the, the Christmas, I say we, them, uh, we're putting together the Christmas puzzle was we, we got to the end of it, and something happened that... Um, uh, well, it's probably the worst thing that can happen. And if you're a puzzle person, you already know what I'm going to say. Uh, they, they got to the end of putting the, the Christmas puzzle together. They had been working for days and days on, hours and hours on. And they got it all put together and they stepped back to look at, at their work. And they realized there was one piece missing. How many of you have experienced this special kind of pain? Yeah, yeah. Some of you, I'm, I'm bringing back bad memories right now. I apologize, right? Well, uh, immediately our family goes into search mode, right? Did, did the piece fall off the table? Did our dog eat it? Did our robot vacuum suck it up? Like, like, where is this missing puzzle piece? We're searching the house high and low. And here's how you know you're a preacher. Because as I'm watching all of this unfold, here's the thought that enters my head. There is no peace when you're missing a piece. I didn't say that out loud because I realized that it wouldn't be the right time and I would get, you know, probably killed. But, but it, just, it was just astounding, right? Everybody's looking for the missing piece and there is no peace in our family because there's a missing piece. And I wonder, I wonder if that's not just the truth for all of us in all of our lives, right? I wonder if this isn't true for you that, that if you're living in the middle of an in-between time right now, between what's happened and what's going to happen, between what, what came and what's coming, if you're living in that tension of the middle, 
if the reason you're not experiencing peace is because something, something's missing. When we're kids, this is fun, right? When you're living between the time when Santa came and this time when Santa's going to come again, like that kind, you don't have all the pieces. You don't know what Santa's going to bring next time. But living in that uncertainty, that brings excitement and anticipation. But as you get older, when you become an adult, right, you begin to understand, no, I, I would really like to have all the information, please. I would like to have all, all the pieces. I want to know how things are going to turn out. If I, could just, if I could just see all the pieces, if I could see how they all fit together, then I would experience peace. But living life in the middle and the in-between time without all the pieces, not knowing how it's going to turn out, not knowing what it's going to look like, not having the, the box or the picture on it to at least know what the finished product is going to be like, for a lot of people, that leaves us living with anxiety and fear and a special kind of pain. I think a lot of us know what it's like to live in those in-between times, right? Like we know right now what it's like to, to live between the moment when COVID-19 started and if or when it will ever end. We know what it's like to live in the middle and the in-between times between the last election cycle and the, the, the next election cycle that's on the horizon. We know what it's like to live in the land of the in-between, between, between the, the initial diagnosis and waiting to see if the treatment is going to work. We know what it's like to live in the in-between. How do you, how do you have peace? Is it even possible to find peace, to have peace, when you're living in the middle of uncertainty, when you're living life in the middle. Uh, the good news is, is if you've ever experienced that, if you're going through that right now, if that's like your reality today, you're not the only one. And I want to say that because everybody in the room, anybody that's watching online, you know, you have known, or you currently know what it's like to live in the in-between, you understand that tension, that stress, that anxiety, that fear, that not knowing. And that search for peace in, in the middle of uncertainty, that's, that's been the experience of humanity since the beginning of time. And especially that's true for the people of God. In fact, if you go back a few thousand years to the days of the prophet Isaiah, you, you see this lived out in real time. We began this series at the beginning of December called Peace on Earth in, in the book of Isaiah. This prophet who came along during one of Israel's darkest times. Uh, this prophet who in the middle of, of tremendous uncertainty, not just for a person or people, but for an entire nation. He spoke over and over again words of promise, words of prophecy. And these people, they were living uh, it's hard for us, I think, to, to fully appreciate it because they're living under, like, complete and total oppression. It's a dark time for their nation. And there's no hope in sight. There is no end in sight. The, the adversaries, they're up against these empires that have come in, these foreign kings that are ruling over them. It seems like their enemies, their adversaries, that what they're up against it's seemingly unconquerable. And again, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I wonder how many people feel that way, that whatever it is they're up against, whether it's with their marriage or their kids or their work, their health, 
It feels like whatever it is they're up against is unconquerable. This, this was the experience of the people of Israel at this particular moment in history. And in the middle of that darkness, Isaiah comes along and he speaks these words of promise. He speaks these words of prophecy. He, he, he spoke in Isaiah 9 where we started this series, these words of hope and promise when he said, one day a son is going to be born and he's going to be called the Prince of Peace. And that, that prince would one day reign as king, right? And then you fast forward to Isaiah 26 and he's still giving the people these words of hope, these words of prophecy, these words of promise. And Isaiah 26, 3, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, I would encourage you to open up, highlight this verse, underline this verse. This is, this is huge. In Isaiah 26, 3, Isaiah says this. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace. God, you will keep in perfect peace all, of, all those who trust in you and all those who fix their thoughts on you. That sounds like one of those verses, right, that you would screenshot and, and save your home screen or you would maybe post on social media, stick it on a sticky note, right, and put that on your mirror so you can memorize it. Those are all good things, by the way, not knocking any of that. That's, that's all good. But if you do that, what I don't want you to do is to just lift this verse from its context. Because when these words were spoken, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, like they are literally oppressing the people. The people are hungry. They have no food to eat. They are at war and they are losing. Friends and family are dying. Villages are being run through. And there is no hope. There is no end Insight. This is a dark time. And any time, like the people of God, the nation of Israel, any time they were able to win a battle, especially a battle against insurmountable odds, against unconquerable enemies, that was always because God was on their side. But at this moment in history, the people of God have turned their back on God. So they're living in disobedience to God. So their only hope, who is God, at this moment in time, he feels like he's a million miles away. And it's not because he has moved. It's because they have chosen to worship other gods. They've chosen to live their life in a different direction. And I don't know about you, but what's truly amazing about understanding the context of these words is that in the middle of their disobedience, in the middle of their oppression, in the middle of their darkness, when they're at the bottom of the pit, God still offers words of hope and promise. And he says, you will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you, all those who fix their thoughts on you. But what's really interesting, if you guys will let me chase uh, one quick rabbit here, is that in the original language, if you go back to Isaiah's actual words, he doesn't use the word perfect. We love this verse because we love that idea of perfect peace, Right? There are words for perfect in the Hebrew language, and they're used all throughout the Old Testament in different ways, different places. But right here in Isaiah 26.3, it doesn't actually literally say you will keep in perfect peace. What it actually says is this. It says you will keep in shalom, shalom, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in shalom, shalom, 
Most of you probably know if you've been hanging around here the last few weeks, the word shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. And it, it doesn't just mean a ceasefire or a truce or the absence of conflict. So many times when we think about peace, that's what we think about, right? What the word shalom means, the biblical idea of peace, it's, it's much fuller and richer, it's bigger, it's wider. It's, it's, it's this idea of well-being, it's uh, the idea of wellness, of health, of prosperity. It's the idea of things being the way they're supposed to be and things being set right, things being made right. This is the idea of shalom, the peace of God. It's, it's things the way they were always supposed to be in relationships, uh, in, in your life, at your work, in, with your health. Like this is shalom, it, this is the full, this big, this robust idea of this is what God has in mind for you. It's shalom. It's peace. It's the way things were in the garden before sin entered. It's the way things will be one day when Christ returns. This is shalom. How do you find this peace in the middle of this uncertainty? Isaiah says there is a peace. There is shalom, shalom. And God will keep in shalom, shalom. He'll keep you in perfect peace. All those whose minds, whose thoughts are fixed on God. Not just peace. Shalom, shalom. This idea of perfect, full, complete peace. But how in the world do you find that? Even for those of you who've been following Jesus for a lot of years, my guess is, is that if you and I sat down for coffee later today, and I would ask you how things are going. Chances are you could tell me about where you're at right now and you're in the middle of something. You're living life in the in-between. And you've got questions. And what you don't have is peace. What you're longing for, what you're looking for is peace. But what you have is uncertainty. What you're filled with is frustration Angst, questions, worry. Somewhere, somehow, some way, something is missing. And if you could just find the missing piece, maybe you could find peace. But man, sometimes it's hard to find. Sometimes it's hard to find that in, in your marriage. Because you're living in that in-between moment, right? Between the I do and the until death do us part. But right now, living in the middle of that moment, things are not the way you thought they would be when you first met. How do you, how do you live life in that tension, right? These are like real life questions, right? How, how, do, you, how, how do you do that? And, and it's not that you need more money. It's not that you need a bigger house, a better car. It's not that you need a vacation or you need this or you need that. There's something missing. If you could just find what's missing, if you could find the missing peace, then maybe you could experience this peace you've been longing for, you've been looking for, but you can't find the peace. In fact, you don't even know what it looks like. So you don't know where to look. You don't know, you don't know where it is. You're looking for peace in, in your work, in your job, right? When you started it, it was filled with so much hope and promise and, and the future was, was bright and you were looking forward to all the things that were to come. But, but right now, like there is incredible stress, there's tension in the workplace and, and things are not the way you thought they would be. You know, when you started out on this journey, this work, this new career path, you thought it was going to be one way and you're living between, between that moment and when and if this, this thing will ever end. Whether, whether you quit 
or they fire you, or you retire. You're not sure how it's going to end, but right now you're living in the middle, and there's a lot of tension in the workplace. And it's not that you're undervalued or underappreciated or underpaid. It's not that you're burned out or that you don't have more to give, but there's something that's missing, and there's a missing piece, and you can't find it. And until you do, you know you're not going to experience the peace you're looking for. You're, in fact, your soul is in a place of constant unrest. And, and if you were to just sit still for five minutes, which you won't do, by the way, because the idea of sitting still in silence for any length of time is terrifying. Because if you were to do that, if you were to sit still in silence, even for 60 seconds, you would realize just how much unrest is within your soul. Your soul is looking for something, longing for something that's missing, but you don't know what it is. You don't know how to find it. And the problem is you don't have access to what you need. The truth is you have access to everything you need to find the peace you're looking for to find the peace you're longing for. But you can't find it. You've gone searching for it. But you're looking for peace in all the wrong places. You're looking for peace in all the wrong relationships. You're looking for peace at the bottom of all the wrong bottles. You're looking for peace on all the wrong screens. And all those things, they sometimes give you a temporary feeling of relief but it's not the lasting peace you're looking for. How do you find this peace? Where do you find this peace that's missing? Remember what Isaiah said? You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So what if the problem isn't that something is missing? What if the problem is someone is missing? And what if there were a way to find peace in the middle of all the uncertainty? Isaiah says to a people living in a very dark time, living in direct disobedience to God, that there is a way to find the peace of God that you're searching for, even when everything around you is not the way it's supposed to be. You can find this peace within you. How do you do that? How do you find this perfect peace? Isaiah says you do that when you fix your thoughts on God. There's an old hymn. John, you probably know this hymn. The refrain says, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I love that. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. You see, the only way to find this perfect peace, this shalom, shalom, is by fixing your thoughts, by staying your mind on Jesus. I, I don't know what the first thing you think about when you wake up is. Uh, maybe it's how do I get this alarm clock off or can I snooze and sleep for five more minutes do I have to get out of bed? I don't know what the first thing you touch is when you wake up. If it's your phone, then the first thing you probably think about when you wake up is all the notifications that have now appeared on your screen. And so you're immediately drawn into that world and the stress that, that 
is inherent in it, right? But what if, I don't know if you're a New Year's resolution person, but what if you just did one thing as we enter into a new year together? What, what if this was your goal, to wake up each morning with your mind fixed on Jesus? Maybe you move your phone across the room, right, and get a different alarm clock. I don't know. Maybe you put a post-it note with this verse from Isaiah 26.3 to remind you every day. So the first thing you think about when you wake up is this verse. Maybe you just set your alarm to, to wake you up to your favorite worship song that reminds you of Jesus. I don't know. Maybe you start off each day with a verse of the day. You know, this, this happens a lot of ways for a lot of people. Maybe you wake up every morning and the first thing you do is you just recite the Lord's Prayer. I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's different. What I'm suggesting is maybe find a way that works for you to wake up each morning where the first thing you think about as soon as you wake up is Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus and just see if maybe, just maybe, just maybe. That doesn't lead you down a path to finding the peace you're looking for. To find the peace your soul is longing for. That missing puzzle piece, by the way, that uh, our family was looking for, uh, we found it. Uh, as it turns out, uh, my sweet daughter, Emma, our youngest daughter, uh, had decided she wanted to be the one to finish the puzzle. So she uh, took a piece from the puzzle while they were putting it together and hid that in her room. And a while later, when all of us were searching madly the house for that puzzle piece, she came downstairs. She says, oh, what are you looking for? Oh, I've got it. And she finished the puzzle so proudly. <laughs> I think she learned that trick from her papa. Here's the good news. The missing piece you're looking for, it's not hiding from you. In fact, that missing piece has a name, and his name is Jesus. And here's the really good news. Not only is he not hiding, he's actually looking for you. He knows that he's the missing piece for you to find the peace that your soul longs for. I think that's why some 2,000 years ago, before Jesus went to the cross, he gathered with his disciples in this upper room. And he took something that they did annually, once a year, this Passover feast, and he transformed it into something entirely new. He decided in that moment he wanted to give his disciples and all those disciples who would come after them something to remember, something tangible. He wanted to put in their hands the missing piece so they could know the peace that their souls longed. Will, would you mind bringing me one of those communion cups real quick, buddy? I forgot to bring one up this morning. I hope when you came in the room this morning, you received this small little package, uh, this bread, this cup. If you didn't, we have some available in the back of the room. Thanks, man. I just imagine Jesus sitting in that upper room with his disciples, and he knew what was coming. Not just over the next 24 hours, not just over the next three days. Like he knew what was coming. He knew that you and I one day would be living in this pandemic world. He knew that one day we would face all the things that we're facing. And he knew that you would need, I would need a reminder that when we're living in the middle, when we're living in the midst of uncertainty, for those disciples, when they're living between the uncertainty of the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ that I'm not sure they, they knew about, but they didn't really fully understand was coming, right? He wanted them to remember, he wanted us to remember that in the middle of your darkest days, there's a way to find the peace you're looking for. So you want to put in our hands every week reminders, hey, here's this bread. Break it. 
And remember the body of Christ that was broken for you. And when you do, when you take this bread, remember this is the missing piece you're looking for. The missing piece you're looking for, it has a name. His name is Jesus. And take this cup. This is my blood is poured out for you. And every time you take it, every time you gather with other believers in Jesus and you, you take this cup and you drink this cup, this, this is my blood, by the way, poured out for you. And I want this to be a reminder to you that this is the missing piece to the piece you're looking for. And as you take this bread, this cup, in the middle of your darkest days, in the middle of all the uncertainty, when you're living in the in-between, Here's what I want you to remember. You're actually consuming the very thing that will give you the peace your soul is craving. Here's what I want you to know. This is just one of the many mysterious ways the Prince of Peace enters into our bodies, our hearts, our lives, our souls. So that even in those dark days, we can experience peace on earth. Because the Prince of Peace is living within us. And what he offers is shalom, shalom, perfect peace. I want to pray for us. And we're going to sing a song as we do. I want you to take this bread, this cup. And I pray that it would be a reminder to you that this is the peace you're looking for. To find the peace you're longing for. Let's pray. Father, we enter into this moment in humility and faith, thanking you for Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord. Remembering in this moment his body that was broken for us, his blood that was poured out for us. And so thankful that Jesus, in his infinite divine wisdom, gave his first disciples these instructions. Take this bread, take this cup, and let it be a reminder to you of me. Father, for all those in the room, including myself, who are living in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of the in-between, God, may we remember that this is the peace that leads to the peace of Christ. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.